Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. So first, I want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the moms. I hope you can have a special day despite so many restrictions. They're opening up a few things around here for us. The parks are open. Not sure about beaches. I think beaches may be under the county parks, but I'm not sure. All with distancing, of course. But I hope you all can find some special way to celebrate your day and all that you do not just under normal conditions, but parenting during these really stressful times. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I love my alone time with my thoughts to decompress, so maybe I'll find a remote hiking spot for an hour and do a nice brunch with the family. So I have two questions this week. Well, actually, I have four questions this week. Patty asks about nighttime potty training, and then Nina has three different questions. I'm guessing I'll get through the first one of hers, and then I'll get to her other two questions next week. But I'll see how far I can go. Her first question is about weaning off the nighttime bottle. The second is about how to raise grateful children, basically how not to spoil a child. And it's a great topic, but one that I want to spend some time on, so that will likely be better next week. Her third question is about helping a child be a more gracious loser, another great topic, and a developmental phase that I'll want to talk about. So if I have some extra time, I can get into that one. If not, I'll answer both her second and third questions in next week's episode. 
So for Patty, she gave a lot of detail. So I'm going to cut it down quite a bit. It's all really helpful information for me to know and understand the whole dynamic. But for the sake of time, I'm going to cut out some of the details that don't really or that aren't necessarily helpful for everyone to hear. So Hi, Erin. I'm Patty from Brazil. I really enjoy your podcast. I listen to it while driving to work. I have a question regarding getting rid of night diapers. My daughter is four years and four months. She basically potty trained herself when she was 25 months old. She was so interested. It was smooth. Very rare accidents. She just wanted to do like mommy and daddy, and so she did. She is our only child so far. She is active, smart, funny, gentle, and loving. She likes to do things on her own, chooses her clothes, and dresses herself. Usually does not want help and likes to help everyone else. At preschool, she's the oldest of her class and is the leader. Her teacher loves her and says that she gets all of her friends involved in the activities. She is sweet and likes to have all her friends to play together. She has fully potty trained during the day for over two years, and it bothers me that she still uses diapers at night almost two and a half years later. There are two main reasons for that. One, she wakes up with a full diaper every day. Dry diapers are very rare. And two, I did not encourage or do anything to remove the night diapers. The reason I did not encourage it is because my daughter was a complicated sleeper. Since birth until about three, she was a very hard to get to sleep. She would wake up many, many times and her dad and I were exhausted. She was breastfed exclusively and self-weaned by 13 months. We introduced the bottle and she would drink before sleeping at night. At some point, we were so tired that we made the mistake. We would give her a bottle of milk every time she woke up during the night because that way she would go back to sleep in a few minutes. Otherwise, she would stay awake for a while. You can imagine what a mess. We had to have three or four bottles ready each night. When she was three years old, I decided to get rid of the bottles. I'm sure you can understand that there was no way we would take off the diapers with all the drinking of the milk. Well... She's not drinking milk at night anymore. However, she wakes up in the morning with a full diaper. There are days, once a month maybe, that it's so much pee that it leaks to the bed. This is why I was thinking she was not ready to sleep without a diaper. Also, let's be honest and say the main reason I did not night train her is because I was so afraid to teach her to wake up to use the toilet during the night. Come on, now that she can finally sleep through the whole night, will I teach her to wake up to use the toilet? That's scary. Well, at some point, I realized she's almost four and a half, and it has been potty trained for almost two and a half years. I keep thinking she should be diaper-free, and it's just my fault that she's still using diapers at night. The question is, what's your suggestion to get rid of diapers? I'm pretty sure my daughter is capable of holding pee. She just won't do it because she knows she has a diaper on. I'm just not sure how to do the transition and what to tell her. I've paid attention for a while and noticed she usually pees around 11 p.m. She goes to sleep around 9 Then she pees again in the morning around 7 or 8 a.m., then wakes up around 8. I can't wait for your response. I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks in advance. You should plan a family trip to Brazil. Best wishes, Patty. So I love to travel, and when the world is back to a healthier place, I can't wait to travel. I want my kids to see so much of the world, and Brazil is one of many amazing places we would love to go. For nighttime potty. I'm going to cover some general information and then some ways you can take some steps. And I think this information will relieve a lot of your stress around this topic. Here is some general information on nighttime potty training readiness and bedwetting. It's very common for kids to be fully potty trained during the day, but wake up with a wet diaper after a nap or after nighttime sleep or in the middle of the night. 
20% of fully potty trained five-year-olds are still wetting the bed regularly. So there's no need for concern even at five years old. We don't start to get concerned around six or even a little bit older. There are three things children need in order to be ready to stay dry all night. They need sufficient urinary control to hold that amount of pee. And as we know, a full night's worth of pee is a lot of pee. They also need mature hormones to rouse them from their sleep. So there's a particular, there are some particular hormones that signal the brain when the bladder is full. Now, so these hormones need to be produced to the level that they not just alert the child, they not just alert the brain of the full bladder because you're already getting that during the daytime, but they have to be in the amounts that actually will rouse the child from sleep when they have a full bladder. And that can take a while for some kids. Lastly, they need to have a mature sleep cycle, which most kids do have by the time they turn four. And your daughter probably has that. That's probably not an issue because she is sleeping all the way through the night. It just has to do with their sleep-wake cycles and how often they're having those. When they're an infant, when they're first born, those cycles are every 60 minutes. As they age through toddlerhood, they get to be 90 minutes long. That's when an adult cycle is as well. So once they have that mature sleep cycle, that's another sign. But again, usually by age four, most kids are already there. The signs to look for when your child is ready to be dry at night, when you're ready to get rid of the diapers. They might wake up from a nap to use the restroom. Now, your daughter is four and a half going on five, so she may not be napping anymore. Um, they wake up 30 days dry in a row. Now, if your child is four and waking up with a pretty full pull-up, they're not even close. You don't want to bother trying the nighttime training. This is a recipe for failure and frustration, so there's no rush. Also, a general rule of thumb around potty training is there should never be any discipline around accidents for daytime or nighttime. This is just for parents who are thinking about going down this road or they feel like their child is ready if they do get rid of the pull-ups and the child has a nighttime accident or if you're daytime training there's an accident you want to refrain from any kind of discipline around that it's a developmental process it's a learning process just like running walking crawling talking those types of things it's never something that the child should be disciplined for and by that type of discipline, I mean a negative discipline, a consequences type discipline. Other than them taking ownership of their own process and possibly cleaning up after themselves. So I want to reassure you, Patty, and any other parent who has a child who's been daytime trained for a while but isn't getting through the night dry that it's nothing that you did. It's not a misstep in the middle of the night sleep training or in anything that you've done. It's simply a developmental step. If you wanna try and move things along, here are some things you can do. You could put a floor potty in their room. This way they don't have to go all the way down the hallway to the bathroom. If they wake up enough to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, they can just go right in the floor potty in their room and go back to bed. You wanna limit drinks after dinner. At about six or seven at night, you can stop fluids. You wanna have them start and stop their pee to practice strengthening the bladder muscles. You wanna have them hold their pee a little bit longer before they go. The way you do this is when they get to the bathroom, you can have them sing one round of row, row, row your boat before they go. So for girls, they'll sit down on the toilet, they'll sing around before they start to release their pee. For boys, they can stand there, sing around before they start to pee. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. 
But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads love where you live. You can wake your child to empty their bladder before you go to bed if it has been two hours or more after they went to bed initially. So this can help start to teach them to wake up and go at night. So if your child goes to bed at 8:30 and you go to bed at 10:30 or later, you can go rouse your child and get them to the potty. Now they can be really sleepy and they may not even remember this in the morning. So we had to do this with our oldest and we had to walk him down the hallway, my arms on his shoulders and guide him into the bathroom because if I let him go, he may have actually fallen down the stairs. He did not realize where he was or what he was doing. We wanna make sure they sit down safely on the toilet for girls or they're standing right in front of the toilet and aiming well if they're a boy. If your child is older and you are concerned or want to move things along, and by older, I mean six to seven minimum, you want to first go see your pediatrician and get everything checked out. Make sure everything is physically normal and there aren't any other issues that might be causing nighttime bedwetting. It's rare, but it does happen. So there's a couple of sensors you can use. One goes in the child's underwear. So it clips into their underwear. When the underwear starts to get wet, it sets off an alarm to wake the child to get up and go when it's damp. Make a sound, they vibrate, or both. 
So these are really good to use with older children who really want to be dry overnight. They also have pads you can put under the sheet over top of the mattress that do the same thing, but it doesn't cover the entire mattress. So it's about a, I want to say it's two by three, um, kind of a pad that goes right under the child. Now if the child moves and they're not on top of the pad, that doesn't help. The other problem with it is also once it gets wet, you can't use it again that night. You have to wash it and use it again the next night. So if they're having accidents throughout the night, one, that means they're really not close to ready, but two, you can't use that pad to do that. With the underwear one, you can. You can wipe it off and then reuse it in a fresh pair of underwear. So that one works a little better. But if you have kids who don't wear underwear, that makes that a little tough. So I hope these tips are helpful to get you going in the right direction with the nighttime potty training and also just to relieve some of that stress about that process. Okay, the next question from Nina. I have been listening to your podcast for six months and I just wanna say thank you so much for helping me understand and connect with my son. I have three questions. How do I get my son to wield off the bottle before bed? Yes, I know I should have done this ages ago. When I offer him milk in a cup, he's not interested and will not have it altogether. I'm afraid he won't get enough calcium. I've tried offering him yogurt, cheese, and smoothies, but he just isn't interested. Thank you in advance, Nina. Okay, so the age with these really helps me to know developmentally where a child is and therefore be able to give the best answer. So I reached out to Nina and learned that her son recently turned four. So when weaning the bottle at bedtime, the first thing you want to do is you want to move it earlier in the bedtime routine if it's not already. So Nina's son is four and so this is easily a conversation they can just have together. It's time to start working on getting rid of the bottle at bedtime, but we will do this together in small steps. The first step is that the bottle will be first before PJs or story or whatever your nighttime routine is. The reason you wanna do this is that you need your child to associate the other parts of the routine with getting sleepy, slowing the body and the mind down for sleep. So the bath, the PJs, the snuggling, the story are what's going to trigger the child's mind and body to slow down for sleep, not the sucking on the bottle or the milk in the tummy. Once you've done that, and it's a part of the accepted routine for about a week, then you can start taking the amount of milk in the bottle down. So depending on how much the child is drinking, if they're getting four to six ounces, then taking one ounce at a time down is good. If it's more than that, if it's like eight, 10, 12 ounces or more, two ounces at a time, every four to six days, you wanna give the body time to adjust to less milk before you take it down the next level. As they get to only a little bit of milk, two ounces or so, and it's close to getting rid of it entirely, you can implement a small healthy bedtime snack. Some fruit or veggies, something to kind of top them off right before bed, but nothing too carby, greasy, or heavy, as that can affect sleep when the body is working so hard to digest rich foods. No, it's an option, but it's not a necessity. This is totally your call as a parent if this is something you think will work well with your family or will help that bedtime hold them over to the morning and not be hungry. You can see how things go, and if this is something that works for your family, if it's something that your child's saying they're hungry, you can throw in a little nighttime snack. I think apples and peanut butter are great. You got a little bit of protein in there, as long as your child's not allergic, of course, but something like that, that little combination of the fruit and the protein, the carbs and the protein, the healthy carbs and the protein can really hold kids over, stick to their ribs. So my kids did bedtime snack for quite a while. Those growth spurts can leave them hungry a lot. So 
Now they seem to have outgrown them, but I'm guessing when they hit puberty, those evening snacks will make a reappearance. You have those growth spurt times, and toddlerhood is one of those times. Okay, so I do think it's best to hold off on Nina's other... Oh, I wanted to say something about the calcium. When it comes to the calcium, I wouldn't worry about the milk. Calcium from dairy products is actually less available to the body to be broken down and used in our system. Calcium is broken down much easier from things like dark leafy greens, broccoli, um, beans, those types of things. It's what we call bioavailable. It's more bioavailable in those dark green vegetables and in beans and other types of foods like that. The body does not do a good job of breaking it down from dairy products. And actually, there are cultures all around the world that actually don't have any kind of dairy in their diet. So it's not a necessity as far as a diet, as far as the human dietary needs. If you find that you're not able to get your child's calcium needs met through the vegetables and beans and other sources of that are high in calcium, then you can use some kind of a chewable vitamin. There's plenty out there. You could get one that's calcium specific. You could get a multivitamin that's got calcium in it. And kids can also get their calcium that way. Now, I'm not throwing dairy out. I love my cheese. So I'm not, I do eat it sometimes, but, but I also know that it's not really a necessity for me. So I do think it's best to hold off on Nina's other two questions until next week so I can spend some time on each of them. So next week, we'll talk about competition, the development of competition by age, because this is something that begins to emerge right about four, which is where Nina's son is, and some tips for managing that, along with the first question about raising children who are grateful. So we're living in an interesting time where children can have and do so much. We want them to be able to enjoy those opportunities, but we also want to make sure they understand gratitude and remain grateful for all the things that they get to have. So how can they learn about being grateful for all they have when they don't really know about or are exposed to life circumstances of poverty and pain and struggle? So I know that's a really interesting topic, and there's a lot of great things we can do around that. And it is a really big goal of mine with my children as well. If you want to learn more about the potty training process, including troubleshooting potty training issues, sleep and bedtimes, positive discipline, you can see samples of all 50 plus classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com. As a member, you can also join our private Facebook group and join in on our weekly parent chats with me and get your unique questions answered. And continue to stay safe and healthy. And as always, if you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.